Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joined with me, as always, are my co-host, Joseph. Hello. And Jehu. <laughs> Here to discuss the final three episodes of Marvel's Moon Knight, which just finished airing on Disney+. Plus. I'm assuming we're taking this. Oh, go back and listen to our first Moon Knight episode where we discuss episodes one through three. Uh, we're doing episode by episode, right? So starting. Uh, yeah, I think four. that's great. Yeah. Do we need to catch anybody up? Or are we just assuming people know what the fuck they're doing at this point? I mean, you know, by the third episode, I don't even know if the show knows what it's doing. So that's a fair um, point. And so it would also be weird to jump into the second half of, of our two part series. But, you know, it's about a superhero who's crazy and uh, has dual personalities. Great job, Joseph. Thanks. <laughs> uh, episode four is um, The Mummy Part Five. It is a Indiana Jones inspired tomb crawl um, where Mark and Steven sharing a body and, uh, and a girlfriend slash wife. And the yes, that's applicable, actually, um, decide that they're going to race Ethan Hawke to uh, some guy's tomb. And there are zombies in there. Um, all favorite you know, tropes, puzzles, dead people, murder. This episode's fine. I, I like this episode. I think it's pretty good. I know. Yeah, I think this is actually it. You know, it, it's still got a certain amount of especially at the end, which we'll, I guess we'll talk about in a second, you know, kind of the mystery box of we haven't fully uncovered what the show is and it, it's selling it on the promise of what it could be but you know all the mummy shit is pretty fun besides the bits that i can't see uh and i think this is it, it's a combination of the things that uh the show does well yeah the the, the fourth episode definitely was hard to see there is there is literally a third of it that i'm like i think the, the tv just turned off and i'm not going to try and fix it <laughs> right. uh, you had to wait till night and turn out all the lights to watch episode three uh, i mean episode four uh but that said yeah i, I thought this one might have been the most fun episode it was the most adventure episode oscar isaac's pretty great in it uh it seemed like this one probably had the least uh ethan hawk except to the very end uh, but uh yeah i liked episode four a lot which do you, which personality do you guys prefer, Mark or Steven? I well, look, I like both of them. I I think uh, props to both the show and Oscar Isaac. One of the things that impresses me the most that I think really starts in this episode is you really start to see character development on both of them. But like they're developing different parts of their character. Right. Uh, that's pretty fucking cool. There are even moments where it's it's. I mean, this is stupid, but it's almost hard to just accept it's the same guy. Like I yeah, think no, he's so, it really it really genuinely yeah. is. <laughs> um, he's really good in both parts. This is. I was big on Mark. I much preferred Mark, and then I turned to Stephen on this episode. I mean, I feel like Stephen is is somewhat the audience insert into this, whereas he's not like the special forces guy who's got all this. He's just like he was living his normal life, and then all this shit started happening. As far as yeah. he's concerned. Yeah, I think Steven's the more fun to watch of the two, but also almost every time you're watching Steven, the dramatic is when the fuck is Mark going to show up? Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> that does kind of undermine him a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I mean, this episode's really dark. I appreciated the scares in this episode there. It's a pretty like horrifying moment there when they first get into the tomb. Yeah, I yeah, mean, look, it, it's always fun to just kind of, you know, it, it follows the horror tropes of you start with just like a little blood. And a thing that's, you know, happened a while ago. It's very like D&D &D style uh, of, of storytelling. And then you 
go somewhere where the blood's a little fresher and there's more of it and there's more scary shit until up until you actually meet the monster. So you like builds the the tension. So when the actual scare happens, it's I don't know, it's amplified. I think. Yeah, I, I, I I'd also say that you know during the the part the sort of like pursue uh, pursuit during the catacombs and stuff like that. Even though it's hard to see, it's pretty well done. It's it's you know. Uh, there is a legit tension that they're going, you know, that one might fall to their death. There's actually a very similar uh, sort of sequence in the new uh, Fantastic Beast movie. And I think even though this one was hard to see, it was done better. Well, that's a good transition to the end of this episode and the start of episode five. Someone does fall to their death. That is true. I will say this is one of my favorite moments of the show because uh, kind of, you know, we hadn't done the episode yet before Hurt posited on uh, episode one through three thing that, you know, how much of this at all is real. And as we got to the tomb and it's like, you know, we uncover the tomb, we find out it's the tomb of Alexander the Great. And we're like digging through Alexander the Great's corpse. And then suddenly it's Mark against like 17 of fucking Harrow's guys by himself with no powers or whatever. I was like, maybe this is all in his fucking head because this is really fucking stretching it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then a thing that happens that very rarely happens. Fucking kill the main character. They fucking kill the main character. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and it was great. Yeah, I agree. I actually, I mean, it would have been dumb, but I kind of wish that was the ending of the show. I actually preferred that as an ending to the ending we well, actually yeah, that's, got. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, um. But yeah, Mark dies. He gets shot in the chest, falls into the water, and wakes up in a mental hospital of some sort um, where we see clues, cameos, people we've seen before all represented in here um, until eventually he finds uh, multiple sarcophagi. I I think that's the correct. uh, Opens one up. What if he had picked the wrong one? What if he had found Jake and not steven but opens one up finds steven and then they meet a giant hippo and that's the end of episode four episode five takes place entirely within the hospital where we're flashing back through memories and we find out where steven came come came from yeah uh we also find out that uh, at least seemingly the hospital is some kind of in between life and death where he's you know re-experiencing all of his so i wanted to talk about this for a second because there is two hospitals, right? There's the one he's in and then there's the one he keeps going back to. And we come back to that hospital again in a later episode, yep. episode six. So where is that hospital? And number two, is it just me or isn't Harrow telling him the thing he needs to learn to get out of the hospital? Doesn't that seem backwards for the character of Harrow? Am I reading it wrong? <laughs> I don't know, but I, I did have the the uh, feeling while I was watching this. Like, I know he's supposed to be the villain of this story, but fuck, I would love Ethan Hawke to be my therapist. He seems like a really chill guy to talk to. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to wait till we get to the last episode, but I, I actually have a theory on where that might be going. Because, yeah, the, the therapist hero... He, he was kind of helpful. He was, yeah. he was kind of more sympathetic than anybody else. He kept telling Mark that he needed to be honest with Steven, which he did. He yeah. did. That's how they that's how they fucking survive. <laughs> and that just like I, I texted you guys after. And I was like, someone explain it to me. And Ian sent me a like thing that was like, oh, they're dead in the hospital. I was like, no, no, no. I get that. I was like, what I don't understand is Harrow is the fucking hero of this episode because Mark would have been perfectly fine not telling Steven shit and just dying. 
but because Harrow told him he needed to be honest with him and stuff like that, that's what allows him to come back. And that just didn't, it didn't make sense to me, but I may be reading it completely wrong. No. And I mean, look, I, I think, you know, the show does a bad job of capitalizing on this great idea that they have, which is, you know, the, the suggestion you're supposed to get at least before the end of, of episode four, I think, cause I think he meets Harrow in episode four, right? The therapist Harrow before yeah. the end of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is, you know, this is all made up in, in Mark's mind. The, all the things that we've been seeing are his imagined whatever. Um, and even though what you're saying is that, you know, th- if, if that's the case, that therapist Harrow is, you know, right, is giving him the best advice, from Mark's perspective as the patient, he doesn't want to do that. So anything that, Mar- that Harrow is telling him to do that would be hard or uncomfortable for him makes Harrow the antagonist for pressuring him to do it. So it makes sense that he would paint Harrow as the the antagonist in his imagined fantasy. Look, that's a long road to get there, but I can see the point you're making. Yeah, oh, and I don't, I don't think I think I think that might have been the intent when they were coming up with the idea. I just don't think they do anything interesting with it. Fair point. Anything <laughs> else on episode five? Uh, look, yeah, I, I don't I don't love this. This is also some very generic Marvel-y bullshit of you know like childhood trauma and I don't know. It's fine. Um, also, <laughs> it's it's hard for me to believe that Stephen. There are so many things about his life that don't make any like have the cognitive dissonance, like calling his mom all the time and whatever. That like I, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that like even showing him the truth would make him believe that he's not the real one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, first, of all, I liked this episode quite a bit. I thought it was a, a good showcase for what everybody involved was doing. But I, I will say that you know the makers of the episode were obviously huge fans of Legion. Like it's very mm. much yeah, like yeah, Legion. yeah. And also the sort of secret origin we find out of that Mark had accidentally killed his brother was exactly the same secret origin as Peacemaker. So a lot of things about this episode <laughs> seemed very unoriginal. Yes. Mm. But I still enjoy it. I, I also think this is where the show really hammers in, or not hammer, it really becomes apparent that they don't really know like mechanically in universe how to get people from point a to point b like they know what they want to do and they won't know what the steps are but they don't really know how to like narratively encourage them to get from point a to point b so there's just a lot of like vagary oh there's like some scales that need to balance and we're on a a, a ship ride that takes a certain amount of time that's a vague amount of time and there's just like there's a lot of like very like vague unclear rules that were establishing and we're also establishing are pretty just like whatever the fuck we need them to be to get to wherever we're getting to. Uh, And that kind of follows for the rest of the series in my opinion. Well, I think that's especially clear for the, you know, the third personality of Jake, because they were saying that Mark and Steven's hearts are tied together. Why is the third personality? And it would not be balanced because he's a murderer. (laughs) Right. Well, apparently well, murder isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just if it, it, I don't know. It, it is a very we've talked earlier. I talked earlier, a couple of episodes about the idea of like pure of heart in a narrative. And that's very much what Harrow's whole uh, perspective is. Actions don't necessarily matter as much as what's in your heart. And that's a very vague uh, and possibly nefarious uh, measure of, you know, goodness, I guess. So what, what's the what? But before I say something stupid, what is the proper term for current proper term for multiple personality disorder? 
Dissociative identity disorder. Okay. Yes. They said going into this that they were going to be very respectful dissociative identity disorder. Uh, is is saying that both personalities have a soul? Is that yeah, fucking right? <laughs> Dude, like, I have no idea if that's respectful or disrespectful. I don't I know. Think. I just thought it was a big leap. It's, it's definitely a challenging <laughs> idea to not address in any way. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I have no response because it's a big fucking question. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that leads us to the finale episode where, spoilers, you guessed it, Mark and Steven find a way back to the land of the living, um, where Ethan Hawke is set free a crocodile lady, and there's a giant kaiju fight between a dead bird and said crocodile lady, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Moon Knight and his wife become the superhero team required to take down said evil crocodile lady. I didn't hate this episode as much as it seems like the internet did, but that's because I don't think I love this show as much as the internet did. I don't like this is kind of a drop in quality, but I also like whatever. It's got a giant kaiju fight and the <laughs> fight scenes were OK. They look better with lightsabers. Some people have edited lightsabers in them and they look fucking dope. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's the best thing ever, but also people who are pissed about it. I don't know exactly what they want, you know? Like the end of a superhero story is a big fucking fight. And this was a big fucking fight. Well, the one time it wasn't was Loki and they still bitched about that too. So true. true. I don't know. I hated, I hated pretty much everything about this episode. It was just (laughs) uh, the, the, the Kaiju fight was uninteresting. I did not like whoever they got to do the voice for uh, the fucking crocodile, whatever. Uh, Ahmet. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I know we've done a lot of like the, the heavy booming kind of uh, Steppenwolf type. Yeah. Generic whatever. And like it, it's overdone, but also just like having a normal woman's voice in a 20 foot crocodile sounds fucking crazy, too. <laughs> I mean, the hippo one is, is a good it's like a good joke reveal and it sticks with it for uh, the, you know, the ferryman God, uh, but less for your like main antagonist. Yeah, uh, the kaiju fight is stupid. The all the human avatars for all of the fucking gods are fucking stupid. They were stupid in the other episodes. They're extra stupid in this episode. I hate Layla's costume. I hate the. Are you an Egyptian superhero? <laughs> uh, just fucking pretty much every shot. And, and you know, one of the things I think is the biggest disservice is all the way up until like the last half of this episode, we've made uh, Harrow kind of this morally justified villain not necessarily like a grand but like to his own moral code to what he believes is right, right. Uh, is like a, a genuinely like he believes is a good like person and then like just at the end just when he's fighting mark as he starts getting like catty and bitchy at him and it's like well that that hasn't fit the rest of the character that we've established this whole time but you know i guess you want to make your villains more villainous before you kill them i don't know this whole episode's fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> See, but I don't think it's that much more stupid than the rest of the show. I, I, I would agree that the whole show is pretty over the top. And that's why I thought the last episode was a was a pretty good cap to it. To your but, point, Joseph, the other parts of the show seem to be trying to ask interesting questions. Yeah. I just don't know that I ever thought they did them well. No, and so I, this one doesn't try to do any of that. It's exactly. just dumb. I, I think I think I think that's that's the, the issue I have with this episode is. I, I think the show is as like is strongly mixed in the sense that I think there's it, it there are some interesting things that it explores and there's a lot of 
just boring, bullshitty, marvely busy work that it feels like it has to do. Uh, and I feel like by the last episode, we've we've abandoned any ideas of, of like things that we're doing interestingly and just have to do all of the marvelly bullshit to get through it. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think that the bits in it are bad or worse than those same type of bits in the rest of the show. I just think it's it's all of the worst things in the show I didn't like and none of the things that I did like. Um, the big reveal, I guess, at the end of the show is that uh, we know Mark and Steven have made a deal with Conchu that if they do this, if they beat Ahmet and Harrow, they're out. Deal's over. And Conchu's like, sure, I agree, whatever. And then joke's on them because fucking Jake loves being Conchu's bitch. And uh, turns out he's been there the whole time. And we knew that. But this was fine. I, you should have just fucking introduced him in the fucking the episode before i think it was a stupid reveal and and it doesn't really answer anything and also isn't it annoying that obviously when steven and mark after they black out in the harrow fight realize it wasn't the other one do they just never fucking think about it again (laughs) like would they not be like hey conchu is there like some other shit going on that you're not telling us (laughs) yeah yeah, it's like i guess everything's good it all worked out the bad guys did yeah, they were totally like, oh, I guess that's fine. We have a third personality, but that'll never cause us any problems. The, it's the fucking worst. I don't know what um, you guys are talking about. Yeah, I um, I, I will say this one thing I was going to say about, you know, Harrow and his his death at the end. Uh, there There is a run of Moon Knight where Moon Knight thinks he's joined the Avengers. And then it turns out the Avengers are just voices in his head. So I think that's how we'll continue to see Ethan Hawke as this goes on. I think I think therapist Ethan Hawke will continue to exist in his head. Uh, I so hope so, I was, because he seems like a reasonably good therapist. Right. I was going to ask you guys, because there's no, like Oscar Isaacs was only contracted for one season of the show. Do you think this continues, and do you think it will continue on its own? I mean, I can tell you, I hope this doesn't continue in the form that it's in but I think Oscar Isaac is so good that we find a way to weave him in in other places. Yeah. I mean, definitely if you can't get him, then don't continue it like yes. that. This yes, guy has owned this part, but, uh, but I got a feeling he he'll be back. He seems, he, he seems to be a pretty good sport. He still, he still won't say apocalypse sucked. I think I would rather to see the character continue in like midnight suns, than get moon night season two, but I'll watch whatever, I guess. Right. Is is Midnight Suns like Marvel Heroes After Dark? Basically, yes. Yeah, okay. it's like Baywatch. It's like Baywatch After Dark for Marvel Sierra. Okay, it's like all their like uh, you know like horror-y based superheroes like Ghost Rider and Blade and shit like that. I mean, I'm totally here for that. That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds dope. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Moon Knight, I would say overall better than Transformers. Ooh. I I'm going with better than Transformers. I also would just like to say that. My depending on what day you ask me, my favorite slash least favorite thing about the MCU is how it makes collectors scurry after back issues. And uh, Layla's introduction introduction as the uh, Egyptian superhero has made uh, them decide that even without them ever calling her this in the episode, she's a hero called the uh, Scarlet Scarab. And people are scurrying for that back issue now. And I'm hoping they all buy it up and she turns out to not be that. <laughs> I wondered about that because I saw a lot of people like using that name. I was like, I don't remember them saying that in the show. No, they don't say it in the show. And really, honestly, except that it's a Egyptian superhero with a scarab motif. There's not. I mean, it's a dude in the comics. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I 
What did you think? Is this better or worse than Transformers? I'm going with better better than Transformers. I had fun watching it. There are definitely dumb elements, but I'm dumb, so I don't care. I'm so torn. <laughs> now, uh, it, it was teetering on the edge the whole time, and that last episode was so bad to me. Just say it. Just it's, say worse. You want to do it. Just it's do adjacent it. to Transformers. I'm going to, sure, I'll make uh, it just slightly worse than Transformers. Out. <laughs> All right. Well, yep. All right, well, that's it for Moon Knight. What have we been watching this last few weeks, guys? Last week, right? Just one week. I don't know. I, I keep expecting us to not be on <laughs> the previous week. <laughs> um, the only thing worth note that I should talk about, I have, I have bitched so much about Picard mm-hmm. on this show, and it's over. Season finale happened. I'm not, I'll, I'll probably talk about that next week. As much as I hate everything Paramount Plus has done, with Star Trek, fucking strange new worlds kick so much ass. Man, I was um, going to ask you about that because I heard the initial reviews are good. Is it good? Fuck, dude. It is easily the best episode of Star Trek we've had in the 20th, 21st century so far. Like, no. it is fucking awesome because it, it is the most Star Trek thing we've had, which is just that it's like pike on the enterprise being the best fucking person he possibly can and here's a problem and we fix that problem in 45 minutes and um that's exactly what star trek should be now do i think it's gonna stay that no um (laughs) because i don't trust paramount uh also if you know spoilers for discovery season two we find out pike's known all along how he dies like pike saw it he knows what happens to him um, he becomes that weird fucking mutant guy in a tube and he knows that so and that's the big part of this episode and him wanting to be the captain and so i wonder if they're gonna really lean into that a lot i kind of hope not but it's fine picard dealt with being a borg forever so yeah it's just it's it's just it just fucking kicks like if you miss serialized television this is the thing or at least it seems like it's the thing. It's got a cool updated retro look. Like, yeah, it's fucking great. I was going to text you, Hurt, but I, do, I wanted to talk to you about it on the podcast first. Well, I know that now I will I will make uh, arrangements to get some Paramount, whatever this is, because the reviews came in and it's like, oh, man, this sounds like I want to see it. But, I, you know, I've been fooled before. But if you say it's good, I'm going to try it out. Yeah, I don't quote me on anything other than the first episode, but the first right. episode fucking rocks. That's it. Cool. Um, on my end, uh, th- this week, a uh, rough week to be a comic book fan. While we were doing last week's episode, the news came out that um, uh, comic book artist Neil Adams died. He uh, was big mostly in the 70s. He's sort of the guy who brought a realistic look to comic book art. He was a guy who was, you know, very brought the sort of like sort of uh, rendering cross-hatching sort of textures to it. But also he was just a cool dude. And then he did more that for creators rights than probably anybody, you know, who Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, the creators of Superman are because Neil Adams shamed DC into uh, giving them credit on the Superman movie. Uh, in his later years, he turned into a crazy old kook. He was like a hollow earther, but uh, but let's not dwell on that. I, I would say if you're going to try out something of his, even though the premise of this comic is uh, ridiculous, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. He's more known for Batman. He did a lot of really cool Batman stuff. He was kind of the guy who, you know, brought back dark Batman. But Superman versus Muhammad Ali, uh, 
was just it's what it is they come up with a reason for superman and muhammad ali to have a boxing match for the fate of the world and it that sounds stupid but it's fucking great and uh, uh it has one of the coolest covers ever on a comic where he goes through and uh draws like the whole audience behind it and it's all famous people of the time and like dudes he knows it's incredible um uh then just today uh comic book legend george perez died uh george perez is probably most famous for crisis of the infinite earth the uh the book that reset dc's continuity he was also a really cool dude he just loved drawing lots of superheroes on one page that was like his thing crisis is fucking great but as soon as i heard he died the first thing i went and picked up was jla avengers which is hard to get so it's hard to recommend so i would say check out crisis if you want to check out george perez's art that's it that's all i got i can tell you that i don't know what the superman versus muhammad ali is about but in my heart and uh, i just want it to be about the vietnam war (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, sadly it's not i don't i don't think they have the balls for that and i don't think that's a good look for superman but um, at the same time that sounds fucking awesome (laughs) i wish that superman comic existed that would be (laughs) uh i don't have too much uh i've mentioned a couple weeks ago that i was playing hades and i just wanted to come back to it because i i was trying to figure out why it was such a popular game uh because you know the the roguelikes of just you know, coming back to the start, doing the same thing, even if the the rooms and the weapons and whatever are slightly different each time. It's like, okay, I can see how this gets tiresome after a while. But I, what I've noticed about the game is it, it like changes what the end, like what your goal is, why you're playing over time. Like the first time, the first several times, you're just trying to beat the game. And then after you beat the game, you find out, oh, there's a story that only you can only find when you beat the game and there's continues to be more of it so you keep beating the game to get the rest of the story and then at that point you're pretty good at it then you want to like unlock all your weapons and do all the different stuff and then further than that there's a whole bit of like you have to bond with all of your greek god and goddess and nymph and whatever relatives and so then it just becomes like a fucking like a romance simulator sort of game and all those things are fun. Like right now I'm actually trying to, to like fuck my half brother and half sister at the same time. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm having a great time with it. Which, let's which, make that a sound clip out of context. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, you know, it sounds gross than it is, but you know, if you're, if you're an Olympian, Olympian God of whatever, uh, what are, who other options do you have? You're related to fucking everybody anyway. Right. It's a small dating pool. It is a small dating pool. So, you know, anyway, uh, so Hades is good. <laughs> Um, and then I also started this week, uh, the first three episodes, I think of our flag means death on, uh, HBO. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's funny, which is weird because there's a lot of funny people in it. It's very like, uh, it's cozy, which is its own subgenre now, which I'm fine with. It's a very like cozy, relaxing. There are some jokes in there that make you like smile, but not necessarily make you laugh. Uh, everybody's good in it. I think Reese Darby is hilarious, even when he's not making jokes. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's better than transformers. Uh, it's not, it's not going to make you belly laugh, but it's a good 30 minutes, but that's it right on. And then next week, I know it's already out, so we might already be a little behind the times, but I think we're doing uh, multiverse of madness. Sounds good to me. I almost saw it last night, but then I started feeling poorly. So probably tomorrow I'm going to see it. Yeah. I'm, I'm also probably going to see it tomorrow. I'm going to Carl's bad caverns tomorrow. So I'll probably see it Monday. Okay. <laughs> we got time. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you everybody for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. 
If you want to get in touch with us about your feelings about Moon Knight or what to do about that character in the future, you can reach us at realphonies.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Real Phonies on Instagram at Real underscore Phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Glasses for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Bye.